0: Hey everybody welcome to the pc perspective podcast this is episode number 425 being recorded november 16th 2016 i'm alan malentano
1: i'm jeremy Holstrom.
2: i've seen podcasting before and you know what i'm an excellent podcaster i'm the greatest podcaster alan this is low energy
0: <laughs> and i'm josh I don't. i don't know what I don't even know what you were trying to do, but I think you—I oh. think I might know what you are trying to do. And from an
3: anonymous uh, hotel somewhere along Interstate seventy-five, I'm Sebastian P. You probably should have
4: just hung up, Sebastian.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah there's, there's no way that would have
4: been the way well. to go after that.
0: Yeah, the intro—you know—set the bar low. All right. Uh, so this is a PC Perspective podcast recorded every Wednesday night at ten Eastern, seven Pacific. I guess mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I can do minus three in my head. Um, podcast at is where you can uh, email us about your papers. I don't think we have the eight hundred number anymore to call us about your papers. You might as well try to call it. Call it anyways. For nostalgia's sake at one of the one of these podcasts, we need to pull up that old podcast with the papers, the call for the papers. I think Ryan still has that call saved somewhere. Anyway.
4: Ryan doesn't delete anything.
0: Uh actually we, actually we need to find that woman's address and send her some papers. Um com slash podcast. Twitter.com slash PCpurr. Twitter.com slash Ryan Shrout if you want to tweet at the boss. If you to, to report how's my driving, <laughs> I guess. How's our driving of the podcast always gone? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, also, spam list. Well, I keep calling this a spam list. Not really a spam list. We just let you know when we're going to do a live show. Not necessarily only the podcast. Might be like if we have some people in the studio from like NVIDIA, AMD, Intel, any of those guys occasionally swing by to have a chat with us. We usually stream them live, and uh, if you give us your name and your email, we will add you to that list, and then you'll just be part of that email blast that goes out before we're about to record something. So, And several select partners will also contact you.
4: Uh, no. With great limited time offers.
0: No, 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 no. Stan sells everything, will not be contacting you. Uh, that will not happen. Uh, also, patreon.com slash PC per is where you may be able to help contribute uh in order to help us uh you know do the things with the things around here you know we're developing new stuff working on content trying to spin up better and better bought a church and uh you know because we needed the room
2: did you get to it on time
0: uh did i get to the church on time yes
3: yes yes (laughs) the big question
0: yes i got to the church on time
3: he was really nervous though the entire night before yeah yeah Started to get cold
0: feet, and he's like, You know what? I'm gonna go through with this. I'm, I made a commitment. I'm yeah, gonna but make he it. Happen. It was a nice time for a white wedding. Now, now, I can do that every time before we're about to start a podcast. I can get cold feet, I can run away. Ken has to go and like come get me, bring me back into church.
4: Oh, I thought I was the one giving you the bus ticket.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Ken gave me the bus. Well, we're giving Ken the bus ticket, right? Because he's like, he's abandoning us.
4: Yeah, I've done a great job. He's done a
0: great so job far. of leaving you so far. This
1: months ago,
4: can't <laughs> get rid of them. He's done such a great job of leaving so far. Seven months ago.
0: Oh Wait, what, what? shirt did I wear? Oh, look! Look, look, Ken. No, oh. he's he's wearing QuakeCon 2014. I'm wearing QuakeCon 2016. All right, it's like we're working for PC Purr tonight. It's like, it's like, I
4: wasn't like, able to go this year. Uh we missed you, Josh. We did. No, you didn't? No, we did. It's a lie. <laughs> no
3: entertaining that the I'm the would anchor,
2: that, I'm the anchor, anchor on the boat. I'm holding you back.
0: No, no, no. You're the anchor in the pool. Dragging you down. <laughs> yes. You know, most of the nuclear submarines test their anchor and lose it. <laughs> <laughs> the weak link does just that and then just they lose the anchor and they never bother replacing them. So like more than half of the ballistic missile subs on the planet don't you don't use the freaking anchor. So they just like ah screw it. Put some lead in the ballast tank to compensate for the thing. Anyway.
3: Patreon.com um, slash PC. Yeah, Patreon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for all your nuclear submarine. All your nuclear submarine uh, needs. Anyway. Uh, week in review. Let's let's might as well just get to it. Um, first up is moi. Uh, Samsung 960 Evo, finally. We got to look at the 960 Evo because it's been like, what, almost a couple months since, uh, since I was in Seoul. It's been over a month. Um, where Samsung announced the 960 Evo and Pro. We reviewed the Pro a few weeks back, uh, but the Evo still hadn't been out yet. And that's kind of the one that I was waiting on because that's the one that I felt is the real game changer here as far as relatively low cost M.2 SSD that uses TLC flash with an SLC cache on it. And probably, at least on paper, would have re- you know, reasonably amazing performance compared to its price. Um, and especially compared to its size. And sure enough, we reviewed it, and uh, it did uh, pretty darn well in our testing. Um, so what we're looking at here, now realize the Pro, uh, the 960 Pro, Samsung had to do some tricks in order to fit four flash packages on an M.2 2280 SSD, and that is they took the DRAM, which usually takes up the extra space that where the fourth package would go of flash, uh, and they integrated that as a top layer, like a layer above uh, the SSD controller within the same package. So you had like a five core controller and DRAM built in all in the same package. Package wasn't any thicker than normal because the die is uh, wafer thin, right, Josh? Um,
2: thin little wafer.
0: Thin yeah. little wafer, yes. Um, anyway, uh, the Evo is not doing that trick. They're kind of sticking to the old formula, which is where you have just a couple of flash packages... And you have DRAM that's outside of the controller. So you have DRAM controller, two flash packages. Uh, there's a little bit of extra space on there. They could have probably done the third package, but, uh, you know, they probably just didn't want to or need to, given that their 48-layer um, VNAND has pretty hefty capacity per die, and they were using it in TLC mode. So you have, you know, 250, 256 gigabits per die already. Um that is a little bit different in the 250 gig model. Um, they have 128 gigabit dies. They're still 48 layer VNAND. Uh, but the dies are a smaller capacity so that they can have the same number of them as from the 500 gig to the 250 gig model. And that keeps all of the die, like the same count of dies means that the performance will stay relatively high because you have more parallelism. You have more dies present to spread the, the iOS across. Um, Anyway, that's uh, that's what they look like. We got sampled a one terabyte and a 250 gigabyte. Um, nice. Yep. Uh, specs here, you can see the uh, as far as the sequential reads go, it doesn't matter how few dies or how low capacity. They're all rated at 3.2 gig per second sequential reads, um, which is essentially saturating four lanes of PCIe 3.0, which is how these things connect. So they're pretty much saturating... The bus, uh, when it comes to uh, the read performance, which is what most people do most of the time. Um, the uh, sequential writes is where you're going to start seeing slowdowns, especially in the 250, 250 gig model, which is all the way on the left there. Slows down to a, a horrible uh, one and a half gigabyte per second uh, write speed, which I think still comes in even higher than like the 950 Pro or at least uh, pretty darn close to it. Um, realize that is the TurboWrite speed. I've taken the liberty of uh, including some extra specs, which were not on the main spec sheet uh, from the article. And then you have the after TurboWrite speeds for these models. So 1.2 gig per second for the one terabyte, and then it slows all. You keep basically cutting that in half uh, every time you drop uh, capacity by half. So by the time you get down to 250 gigabyte model, it's 300 micro per second. Lame. Uh, so 300 meg per second. But that's after you've written 13 gig. I do what I want. Well, so. I want to write 14 gig. So you have to realize the 250 gig model, this is not the same cache size as what you would have seen on like the 850 Evos or any of the other Evo models you were used to. Samsung has managed to uh, incorporate what they call a dynamic cache, which is just gives you extra cache space. Um, I would imagine it's just they're just taking some of the other unallocated TLC and they're just dyna- dynamically running it in SLC mode. And we've seen plenty of other SSDs have a dynamic, like an attempt at a dynamic cache in the past. And they've all been horribly inconsistent and it's just like never worked out right. Or when the cache was full, the writes got really stuttery or inconsistent. Um, we actually, uh, this is the first time we get to use this in, our, in an article using the new uh, the new testing, but we actually have a dedicated cache test now which will evaluate the caching performance of an SSD. And uh, there it is. So dual axis chart, you have your write speed there in blue over time and then you have the total amount written uh, and the axis on the right side is the capacity that has been written by the time that that cache gets full. It's pretty obvious uh, where that point happens on the chart there. Um, takes it... um, I think I see it. Yeah. Happens uh, right about nine seconds worth of writing because it's going, you know, a gig and a half per second there. Um, So it doesn't take very long to fill up the 13 gig worth of cash. And it actually checks out that, sure enough, that inflection point on that orange line on the chart is right around a 13 gig point. So... And that was uh, we we run this cache test not with the drive empty. That's important. We actually have some data on the drive. Actually, by the time we do this point in the test, the drive should be right at half full. So even with the drive half full and being in the middle, of... you know, of, I
2: see that as half
0: empty. Well, okay, it's half empty. Um, so even with it at at uh you know being used actively, you know, this is this test is run in the middle of an entire suite, which takes. Um, we're pushing like eight or nine hours to run on NVMe parts. Um, You know, the drives had a lot of activity and if it was a dynamic cache that was not very aggressive at making sure you had all of that cache available, then this test would not have come out to the maximum figure. Um, So Samsung's really good about, you know, if it is a caching product, then make sure that it's very good, not just in the fact that it gives you the maximum amount of cache all the time, but uh, look at the rights. Can go back to the, the screen here. Look at how flat the writes are. Right at just over 300 meg per second on the right side of this chart. I mean, it's not bouncing around at all. It's basically just as if that was just an SSD that was meant to go 300 meg per second all day long, right? It's not inconsistent. It's not trying to juggle flash between SLC mode and TLC mode. None of that stuff going on. Um, 600P from Intel was pretty bad uh, when we when we ran this same kind of test on it. Um, What was the cache size on that? It was pretty small, wasn't it? on the 600p yeah uh, no it was a decent amount um, but it dropped down significantly slower afterwards yeah it? when it, the problem was uh, actually here switch off of here for a second and then okay um, uh, I actually have a picture of it that I can point to um, the problem was just that you had a decent amount of SLC cache But when you did manage to fill it, and again, the argument is it's kind of hard to fill the cache on these SSDs with the speed that that they go. But when you did manage to fill it, um, it was horribly inconsistent. Uh, And actually, here is the chart right there. So the half a terabyte model, the 600p, uh, had 16 gig worth of cache, as you can tell, you know, right there from the inflection point of the orange line. But then look at what the write speeds did. They start toggling between, uh, you know, a little over 500 meg per second and like Up 20. And
2: down and speeding all over?
0: Yeah, well, the problem I have is... have a heartbeat. Yeah, the, the low points in that is like 20 meg per second. And it's doing it for several seconds in a row. So it's kind of like you, you just caught the thing. You know, the problem is that it's not doing direct-to-die writes when it switches to TLC mode on that particular model. Everything tries to go through the cache. Once the cache is full, it tries to empty the cache while filling the cache. And while it's playing musical chairs with all that the the rights that you're waiting to go into the drive basically start toggling between fast and slow, so not a you know not a great experience um from that particular drive anyway, back to this one um let's see should we go to uh what's the cache look like on the one terabyte model now this is also pretty cool. That's uh, a lot of cash. Th- it's come, <laughs> It comes up to 42 gig. So you would have to write more than 42 gig of data to this SSD. And you would have to write it at faster than a gig per second.
4: So I'm transferring my 50 gig Blu-ray rep from... 960 from, EVO to 960 EVO.
0: Yeah. So basically, you'd have to have like another 960 or 950 or some other really fast M.2 SSD or PCI NVMe SSD in your system. And you'd have to just – your hobby would just be moving large stuff back and forth between one thing and the other. To even,
2: hey, hey, don't knock my hobbies, okay?
0: <laughs> Listen, I know you like to watch your porn copy from drive to drive, Josh.
2: I'm not talking about that. Oh,
0: anyway, okay. let's move on. All right. But see, yeah, you have to realize your source for the information has to be fast enough to be able to fill this thing up. I mean, even if you're doing like, if you think, oh, well, I'm doing video editing. No, you're not rendering video out at a rate faster than one gigabyte per second. Like just, it just doesn't go that fast. Trust me. Um, So case in point, you know, if you're writing to even, even the smaller capacity model, even the 250 gig with 13 gig worth of that cache, you still, as long as you're writing uh you know slower than 300 meg per second you're never actually going to be able to fill that cache either so the benefit you get is that every time writes are happening to any of these drives they're going like a gig and a half or faster per second because they're going to slc not to tlc and not even to mlc because they're you know there's no mlc on this, on this drive but like as an example of say the 960 pro which is all mlc right slc is actually faster um Now, there's less dies in parallel on this drive, uh, or less packages in parallel on this drive, compared to the 960 Pro. So it's going to have, like, better performance in some respects. Um, But the hope is that at some point down the line, maybe the Evos will also uh, adopt that package-on-package thing, move the DRAM into the controller, put four packages of TLC, then you could potentially have, like, a 4-terabyte 960 Evo, which would be pretty... Sweet. Right. Four terabytes on M.2. That would be, like, pretty phenomenal. Anyway, let's get to the comparisons. Uh, So I have the old-school kind of spaghetti-looking charts here. Um, Realize that all of these tests are burst performance. So if a drive is a caching drive, this will show you the caching performance. Uh, For reads, that's not really applicable, but for writes... It's very much the case. So these are all of the q Uh And again, realize that consumer workloads are on the low side here, like between 1, 4, maybe 8, um, if you're doing like big fall copies and stuff. Um, pretty much all these drives, at least as far as, you know, the burst, the, the more relevant to regular consumer use performance, uh, they all pretty much top out, like almost instantly. Like Q-Depth 1 is almost the max. And then and except for... Uh, the case of the one terabyte evo and the two terabyte pro which have to get to q depth two to hit top speed presumably because you know you just the os probably can't even keep up you're trying to move data very very fast through a storage stack at q depth one uh you know sometimes you kind of need the extra heads up of one more command ahead in order to actually hit that full speed um but you know you can see the speeds definitely uh Going pretty quick here, um, you know, 1.5 gig per second ish for the 250 gig model, and then uh, pretty rapidly cl- climbs up to almost two gig per second uh, for the one terabyte, and it and it's just barely underneath the the Pro 960 Pro. So pretty good performance there, especially in the higher capacity. Um, random performance, I'm going to kind of gloss over because we uh, kind of want to focus more on the Q depth weighted results because your main q depth that you're operating at on uh typical consumer use is like mostly q depth one and two which if you try to read on this chart is just you know everything's kind of jammed together down there because the results are all relatively low numbers and they're all pretty close together um the reason we do include these charts is to see what's the maximum performance of the drives even though that's uh, a place where you're never actually going to operate at on the desktop and you can see the uh The gray line, which is the 960 Pro, is sitting just ahead of the light blue line, which is the one terabyte EVO. Actually, you can't even really tell they're two different lines until QDF256, where the EVO actually pulls slightly higher than the Pro. Um, Pretty interesting. But remember, QDF256 is almost impossible to hit. Like, you have to be trying to hit it. I had to do special modifications to even my own software suite. I had to, like, rebuild it last minute when the 960 uh, Pro came out. Because, like my test couldn't throw the IOs at the SSD quick enough. Um, did you
2: rebuild it? I basically did you have the technology. Yeah,
0: yeah, I did. Well, that's what happens when you've coded the thing yourself. So, um, come on, let's go into more six million dollar man stuff, dude. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So client key depth weighted performance. Now, uh, I wonder if this thing's going to let me zoom out. Well, I'll just scroll. Um, so here is results uh, that are going to be very typical to the performance that you would see just using these drives day to day on the system so I've sorted this chart by read speeds in iOS per second so this is going to be your random reads you're trying to you're trying to launch programs you're trying to you know do a bunch of things at once on your desktop like the the population of all your icons on your screen and all your startup stuff that populates during boot like those kinds of scenarios like that those speeds are going to be roughly proportional to the results of the blue bars in this chart. Um, notice you got 960 Pro at the top, but basically the whole top end of this chart is just dominated by Samsung, right? All the top results are all Samsung parts. The 9, uh, y- you have, uh, you know, basically three MLC units, and then you have a 960 Evo. And there is a reasonable drop down. You're running from, you know, 24 or 25,000 IOPS, and it almost, you know, it's pretty prompt jump down to 20,000. So you've kind of lost about 20% of the performance there as far as random uh, goes, just by moving from the higher tier products to the lower products. Um, so yes, you're going to see a performance drop there, but realize the Evos are, uh, I think they come in at definitely less than a 20% reduction, or more than a 20% reduction in, in price compared to the pros. So should still be worth it there. Oh, and by the way, I've been a little busy testing uh, comparison drives. Um, there's there's just a few other kind of comparison drives in this. You know, chart. one or two. Just just one or two. We just put a couple a couple of SSDs through our test suite here um, in order to. <laughs> so so the did, goal. Did you just think of of spaceballs when you saw that? Uh, if you
2: remember the first scene when the 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 ship comes flying over yeah, and, and it just
0: keeps kind of keeps going, it keeps going. And keeps yeah. Going. yeah. That's uh that's not what I was going for here, but that's what the end result it ended works. up being. If
2: only we had the music, and so, then we'd probably get sued by Mel Brooks.
0: Well, well the reason I've done this is uh oh, be fun. I, I kinda like, you know, most people are they're gonna buy these things because they wanna upgrade from something else. Well, it's useful to see to find the something else in a chart somewhere, hopefully, and have a comparison, like an A B comparison. Um so hopefully you will be able to find an equivalent to your drive. And by the way, this is uh, half of the samples. That I plan to have in these charts. So there's probably going to be like another forty Half. or so. Yeah, there's going to be like another forty or so uh, products in this. Notice the Revo Drive 350. Huh? Wah, wah. Remember when that was cool? And notice why it's so dang low. And in case you want to know why, it's because of that SandForce controller that it was no- notorious for low death performance being very poor. And that's this is the actual result that you would actually feel like I've tried using a Revo 350 and other Revo drives in the past as like primary uh, system drives. And they always seemed slower to me than even like a raid of a couple of SATA drives or even like a single SATA drive in some cases. And sure enough, you've got plenty of SATA products in this chart that are coming in at higher performance. As a matter of fact, uh, the thing right next to that Revo three hundred and fifty that almost beat it is an SSD three hundred and twenty from Intel, which no. is which is what like a five year old SSD. That's the rebranded X twenty five G two, isn't it? Uh, yeah, basically. So even older than that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't added the results for the X twenty five MG two, but I I tested that. I just haven't. I didn't have those results in the chart by the time I I put this review up. All right. Uh, sequentials, uh, same kind of deal there. Uh, the Samsung products are all just slaughtering the chart, right? You're talking almost 3 gig per second, and realize I'm trying to be more realistic on the q depths by choosing lower q depths to better emulate actual client performance, and even so, we still have almost 3 gig per second sequentials out of, uh, out of the 960 Pro. And we're running on the 960 Evos, even the 250 gig... Is almost the same speed as the one terabyte model there, uh, running right around like 2.3 gig per second, compared to 2.8 for the for the pro model. So, uh, and all those numbers are just like nearly double a lot of the other products in this chart. Especially if you drop down to the SATA speeds, obviously you can tell SATA SSDs most of them are just bottlenecked by uh, six gigabit SATA because pretty much all the way down the chart it just Sits right at like between 450 and 500 meg per second on all those other results. So you're going from 500 meg per second to 2.3 gig per second for whenever you're doing any kind of a bulk, you know, bulk transfer. Geez, imagine how quick Excel will load. uh yeah, it's so so much quicker. Yeah, what's the boot drive on your desktop here, Alan? uh it's like an Adata something or another SSD, like a SATA SSD in there. Don't don't you deserve an upgrade? Um, Which at some point, I actually have to pull out and swap with one of the other samples so that I can test that one and have it included in the chart. You know, because I'm a nutball like that, and I want all of the samples in the chart. Um, Mixed burst testing, I'll just point something out real quick. Uh, So this is a test where we have two things going on at once. You're trying to do, like, relatively large reads, and at the same time, you have a small 4K random write going on in the background is to kind of emulate like a BitTorrent download and say you're a gamer and you're playing some game that's doing 400 megabyte level loads. Uh, You want to know like how fast those level loads are going to be while you have other stuff going on with your PC in the background, like a reasonable kind of stuff. Um, Notice the write speed, the instantaneous write speed of the two Evos in that chart. They are higher. I don't know what's going on. They are higher... Okay, Josh, it's the two red bars, since you're blind. Um, I'm colorblind, too. Well, okay. So, we got, you got know, over 400 meg per second write speeds, uh, and this is instantaneous write speed. Even though you're only writing about 20 meg per second, we're able to measure the instantaneous write speed every time it is trying to do those writes. How fast are they going at that instant? Um, so, this is because of the TurboWrite cache on the Evos. So it means that those drives are able to write stuff quicker than even 960 Pro and basically get out of the way, you know, get the write done as quickly as possible so that you can have more time and the controller is free to do other things like read data. And uh, so we actually get, you know, pretty good performance on the reads as well um, for both of the Evo, Evo drives. They're actually just under the performance of the 950 Pro. So in this respect, for this kind of like mixed workload test, they're, in in my opinion, better than even a 950 Pro, um, both models, both capacities, uh, of the 960 Evo. So cool stuff there. Um, wow, those results really taper down. Poor SSD 320. <laughs> it was it was able to write at 31. Meg so, per second. So have you kept an X twenty five. Yeah. Or comparable. Yeah, I just haven't. Reps. I just haven't tested it yet. I've got and results like, on the G two, and then uh, you know what? I'm not sure I've located my X twenty five M, my original one. It's somewhere. I know I've got it because it's the one that I wrote my first article based on the results from. Oh, so yeah. I mean, you, you have it framed and hanging out on the wall. It's right? frame. It's framed next to the wafer at my house. Yeah, it might. It might That's- be. Um. Did you do temperatures on these? So we're looking for the FLIR. Ah, I see. Uh, <laughs> we moved, and we were looking for the FLIR before we moved, and moving definitely has not helped the search. Um, and I do not want to mess with the labels, which is why I haven't pe- usually, I peel the labels off on these things to yeah. dump the pictures. I don't want to mess with the labels because the labels have a layer of copper in them, which presumably, if I mess with that, it's going to affect how well it distributes oh. the heat. Um, have you tried licking one while it was running to well, see if it burns you or not? I mean, they don't—they don't feel like they run warm at all, and yeah. uh, you know, they—they they draw less power than the 950s, so they're just going to produce less heat generally. Yeah, that's kind of the um, I people were asking. Yeah, and and I mean, I know I know people are. It, here's the thing: like when it comes to heat production on these things, you pretty much have to run a benchmark in order to get them to the throttle if they're going to throttle at all. Um, Our test suite for the majority of the new tests, they don't even hit them hard enough to where like I could have, I don't even have to have a fan blowing on it or anything. It could just sit there on a test bed with absolutely zero airflow. They're still not going to throttle. My point is it's not that it's a nine hundred and sixty and it's a spectacular model of an SSD that it doesn't throttle. It's that if you're doing normal stuff on your system, even if it's a laptop, the real cramped space where your M.2 SSD is just kind of like jammed in there and there's no air at all. Passive, Cooling, like just radiative cooling, is going to be enough for you doing normal stuff on your system. Uh, even like hefty Steam download, game install. I mean, these things do over a gigabyte per second sequentials. Even like, you know, not just the Samsung models. There are other models of M.2 SSDs that, that have very fast transfer rates. The, the thing that's going to help you there, though, is that for the little bit of data you are transferring, it happens so quickly. It's finished so quickly that the drive is back to idle before it has a chance to really heat up um, so just keep that in mind uh, that's part of the reason I haven't been stressing out the thermals and the temperature testing that badly is just because it's just not something that people actually will will run into as an issue um, that was a temporary problem with the SSDs and those
1: particular PCIE cards you were playing with yeah Apart from- that was the only ones that we've really seen that with.
0: Yeah. Right? I mean, it used to be a problem like in the early days of PCIe stuff, I did manage to fry a, a, an IO drive back in the day by melting one of the leads, like one of the leads or one of the BGA's lifted on one of the flash chips on an IO drive, because I had it running full tilt for like three hours or something and totally forgot to pull a fan across the thing. And it's meant to be installed in like a server. Um, You know, way to go, Alan. Sorry. They fixed it. I sent it back. (laughs) They were like, okay. It was, they even gave me a technical description of like what the fault was and everything. I was, I was damn impressed. Anyway, Um, let's look at some prices. Eight cents a gig? No. Six? No. It's not even Ken's 10 cents per gig class. (laughs) In other words, 19.999 cents per gig. Uh, these are running around fifty cents a gig, so uh, one hundred and thirty bucks for two fifty gig, all the way up to four hundred and eighty bucks for a terabyte. Um, four hundred and eighty bucks for a terabyte of the almost the fastest SSD on the market. Yeah, pretty good. You know, um, it's not eight fifty Evo pricing. Don't get me wrong, because those tend to run like you know mid thirty five cents a gig, something like that. Uh, so you're going to pay a little bit of a premium, but you're getting like four times the performance of that product in a thing that takes like one-fifteenth of the volume. Uh, you know, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, the three-year warranty, uh, I actually had typoed this when I first did the review. I thought it was a five-year warranty because I was reading the slide wrong. But that's what happens when you pull an all-nighter, when you're trying to write a review. Anyway uh this is pretty much the way to go um really in my opinion ssd purchases these days uh if you want like the top dog that's 960 pro right now if you want to go one notch down that's this 960 evo um and then uh if you're trying to be a little bit more on a budget i pretty much just go right to uh 850 evo what about the 600 p uh, the 600p is super, super budget if you want M.2, right? If you're in a desktop system for, for the sake of avoiding the inconsistency issue, right? Cause ps just do not like having their cash full. So if you're kind of like, if you're watching this podcast, you're probably a power user enough to where you could potentially overfill that cache Cause remember that SSD does not go that fast in the first place, right? So like its speeds are lower overall. That, like, the speeds of these are so much faster that like you can't get data from anywhere conceivably, right? <laughs> uh, 600p, it's slow enough in the first place where, to where it, that becomes a possibility. If you're trying to transfer data from another SATA SSD to it, you could potentially overfill the cache uh, if you're doing like a sequential from a... Like you're imaging your OS from a SATA SSD to a 600p, right? You could potentially saturate the cache on it. These guys, there's just no other single source in your system you're going to be able to to overfill the cash in at all, ever. Um six hundred P does run damn cheap though, right, Josh? That was your your pick, I think, last week. Sure. It's cheap. What well, wasn't it like wasn't it like right at thirty cents a gig or even a little bit less? I
2: like think a little less, but not much.
0: Yeah. So you you're very, very rarely will find well, you won't find any NVMe parts for that cheap. So sure, that's no. yeah. So if you're stuck uh with M.2, you're trying to upgrade a laptop or something like that. You absolutely want um you know probably the lowest cost per gig possible, yeah, six hundred p is the way to go, but uh really liking the performance out of uh nice. out of that nine sixty evo, pretty darn good um all right, what do we got next up, who wrote this thing? Oh Sebastian. Who's sleeping in his basement somewhere. Wait, you're not on a, a basement. Case review. Shocking. Sebastian with a case review. I know. Where's the Ikea furniture? At least it's the only one you're going to have to do. You yeah. You don't have another yeah. eight lined up staring I'm, at I'm you I'm glad you got that, that case review out of the way. Hey, so you I only have five more
3: uh, waiting <laughs> for review right now. In addition to the others that I've already completed that have yet to be published.
0: Just put the, put the same review up with just different pictures. Wouldn't that be nice? Change the name to protect the innocent. Like That's the show notes. Just copy over one review to the next. Yeah, basically, yeah. just yep. cut paste. We have a cut paste button somewhere in our, in, our, in our WYSIWYG, in our site editor somewhere, I'm sure. Right? Sure, that would be a thing. Probably not. Anyway, what you got, NZXT? Yeah, so this is a case we've seen before. The Source
3: S340 is not a new case, this is a new version of it. They've come out with a couple of updates to it with some special features in the past. They had a razor edition of this which nzxt does with some of their cases like the h440 but this new one is the elite what makes it elite it's actually got several features that the uh, original source uh, s340 did not have which of course start with the tempered glass side panel and this one's also vr ready so it comes with a HDMI port with the top I/O, and it also comes with a magnetic uh, VR headset holder. They call it like a puck, and it's a soft kind of rubbery material. You can put it anywhere metal on the case. I'm looking. I'm looking for the puck. You have to scroll down to the bottom of the first page, I think, to look into. Uh, the
1: puck. Well, being an American, you should look for the blue streak that goes across the screen with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I see the fan or I see the, uh, there
3: you go. The there's puck. the puck. Yeah, there it is. Cool. So this thing is, you can, you can wrap your, it has a channel in it. You can wrap your cables around it. You can hang something from it. You can hang headphones from it. I know that was one of the comments. It's it's just kind it's of a nice extra because it's broken. thrown in the box.
0: Um, It's two pieces that are held together with magnets.
3: Yes. So you can kind of, you could move them around if you wanted a wider,
0: uh, well, so you can for
3: something. Yeah, so they could be separated. And, yes. So it's And, and a each lobster. half sticks on independently, or you can stick it all on together. Cool. So you can make some kind of a stand for whatever you might have for it, or like a hanger for things. And it was pretty strong. So it would definitely hold, you know, your average headphones up to about a pound, I think, without any problems at all. Yeah. Oh, tempered and, glass panel. That's nice.
0: Beveled, too. It was
3: nice. It was beveled on the edge. It was pretty thick. Like, um... It's masked out, so on the inside of it, there's actually black paint, um, which kind of gave it a little bit nicer appearance. If it was just a, a plain piece of glass, then you're going to have like the sort of unfinished edges of the inside of the S340, which is a is a brilliant case for the money. But uh, the frame on the inside, you're going to see like rivets and things. So it is nice to mask out the edges like that. It makes it makes it look a little bit cleaner. But overall, I mean, this is the same case. So I linked to the original S340 review for a little bit more detail on the build. I just kind of went over the interior and briefly covered um, a couple of things about the build process. Uh, On the screen there, as you're scrolling there, you can see the plastic uh, cable guide clips, which are a nice add-on for this Elite version. And the Elite also added a front, Um, SSD mount, uh, which other NZXT cases have. It's kind of nice with the full glass window now. You can put your, any, you know, regular three or two and a half inch SSD up front and have it show through the window. So just a a refined version of the same case. The the story kind of comes down to price. This original version of the case was my pick last year for like the budget case. If you're looking for a case under 70 bucks, it was it still is one color or another of the Source 340 is still around 69 bucks. The full MSRP is 79, but you usually find find it for about $10 less. Uh this one the MSRP is 99. So for a case with a tempered glass panel, front HDMI port and just, you know, the extra cable management goodies, it $20 premium on the MSRP seemed like a great deal to me.
0: And it came, it comes with that HDMI cable to be routed.
3: Yeah. That's cool. just with the uh, cabling in the case. It's already attached to that front HDMI port. There's a slot in the back. You just kind of pull yeah. it out through the slot and plug it into your video card. So it ends up being pretty clean looking. You can see it in the build there. I didn't do yep. a, I didn't work hard at tucking the cable away, but that's. No, yeah, it's cool. And when it's all put together and it went together really easily, it was about an average performer as far as temperatures go, which is fine, because the S340 is a very compact ATX case. Any full ATX board will fit, nothing bigger, but it has about the volume of your average micro ATX enclosure, and with limited volume inside, you're... Generally not going to get as good of uh, temperatures from your GPU, depending on the type of cooler you have. And I, I use an aftermarket cooler R9 290X for all case reviews, just kind of for a worst case scenario. And it builds up a, quite a bit of heat inside the case, but nothing too bad. Like the, the case coped with it just fine. It put it right in league with other cases at or above this price point. Where this one really shown was sound levels. And it, it has a thick back panel and the glass is thick enough on the front panel that combined with the solid um, front of the case, uh, it was very quiet. It was the second quietest case, I believe, I've tested with the current equipment that I'm using. Yeah. So only the 600Q, which is a quiet case, with the low case fan setting uh, from Corsair, beat it overall. Oh, and yeah, you had- like, you had like a reasonable number of fans in this case, also, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, it ships with a top and a rear exhaust fan,
0: and then you had I don't a dual fan with any intake fans. Yeah. I mean, you had a push pull setup on the cooler on it yeah. as well.
3: Push pull cooler is the H75 Corsair cooler that I use for these reviews, just so I always have like a consistent placement because every case has a 120 millimeter rear fan opening pretty much. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's Overall, if you like the understated appearance, it's a very minimalist design and just basically added a very nice implementation of a tempered glass side panel. And it's a $20 bump on the MSRP is it. So if you can find it at or below its MSRP, it's a pretty compelling value. The only thing at this point becomes just when you reach $100, there's so many options out there for $100 that you're just kind of swimming in in enclosure options going through like Amazon or Newegg. But I would say if, if you liked the S340, if you like look at the old review and kind of check that out, or if you are on a budget and looking for tempered glass, or you're definitely, if you're looking for a VR ready build case, this is, I would have to look into it. I don't know if there's anything cheaper than 99 bucks that would offer front HDMI right now, but Mm, very impressed with the case. Give it our gold award. Especially quiet
0: performance. Cool. All right. Uh, news post. And now we'd have an ad. If uh, we had. If we have an ad, I will stick it in in post.
1: Ooh, dirty. Mm.
0: If we only had an ad. Hmm. I would stick it in my post. We're not we're not sure if we have an ad because but if we do, Alan will insert it. I will definitely put it over this section of the he podcast. He will
1: hot swap it even. Yes. That's why you have to watch
0: live so you get the
1: Yeah, you have to watch live to get version. to
0: get this uh to get this fun stuff right here. Okay. Um so that's it for the news. Uh, I guess we'll move on to or that's, I mean, it, for that's the reviews. it for the The reviews, the we will move on to the news. Nudes. Items of interest. Uh, Take it away, Jane. You slut. Nvidia's third quarter up to two billion dollars in revenue. Two billion dollars. Billion dollars. You have to put the the pinky to over here. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a lot of dollars.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about when they went to one billion dollars, it was about. 13, 14, maybe 15 years ago, when, you know, when in 94, they were losing money, yep. and then by 2000, 2001, they were up around a billion, and now they've finally gotten past the $2 billion stage. So it it just kind of means that, well, I don't know what it means. It, it means they're continuing to grow, and they're selling chips, and we've had a large stretch of time where we didn't have a whole lot of Improvements due to process technology, but uh, look at that—that's That's, some
0: scratch. That's uh, uh, it's a big number.
2: Yeah, a not big like jump. That, but I mean, you know, they've they've uh, you know they started uh, shipping the DGX one, which is not an inexpensive piece of kit. And it's what the P one hundred is the um, the graphics chip in that. Hello, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, Um, which is, yeah, a lot of money per chip. It's got HBM2, uh, all kinds of bandwidth, all kinds of really interesting things that uh, it does with deep learning because of just the serious amount of, of graphics, well, compute performance and memory bandwidth and memory capacity. For that product. So, yeah, I mean, across their in- entire thousand range, we only had the 1070, 1080 at first. Then we went to the 1060. And now, this last quarter, we saw the 1050 being uh, introduced as well. Uh, they've gotten some mobile um, wins and uh, their compute stuff and automotive, everything just kind of keeps on building. And that's good for NVIDIA. Maybe not great for AMD, but from all indications, is that uh, this market may not exactly be shrinking, but it certainly looks to be kind of growing. And they're throwing their products in as many uh, niches, niches, or caches, I don't know, as uh, possible. So, uh, yeah, NVIDIA had a, a superb quarter. Their largest one ever, and the next one should be around the same size as we go into the holiday seasons. Plus, they've got that whole Nintendo thing coming up next year. Yep. Good
0: deals. Good deal. All right. uh, Next up, wireless HTC Vive. That's cool. Check that thing out. Yeah,
1: but what does it use? Uh, I don't know. It's it's gotta be WiGig, right? I like mean, it, it sure as hell ain't Wi-Fi.
0: Even Mimo, yeah. Like upgrade kit will Y-band, cost maybe. It's gotta be something. Obviously, an off-the-shelf thing, just moderately adapted to this because it's two hundred and twenty bucks, which is pretty darn cheap. Yeah. For a wireless kit that would presumably give you, I mean, it's gotta be super low latency if you're gonna be using it on a Vive. Uh, fifteen millisecond, apparently. Which That's is not, not awesome, super low latency,
1: but it's I, not I, bad.
4: I've seen there's like two numbers they're quoting, and one one of them is good, and one of them is, I don't, it's yeah. it, this thing's weird.
0: Yeah,
1: where does? Yeah, this and, and unfortunately, most of the web pages you can actually find the info in are kind of in Chinese, so it's it's sort of hard to translate.
4: Yeah, I think Ryan has had one of these in his cart all week that he can't order because.
0: Yeah. Oh, was that what he was talking about? Yeah, the yeah they sold out in like 18
4: minutes. Only Chinese.
1: Oh. Lovely. Well, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, but I mean,
1: unless they're doing some hardcore compression, there's a lot of bandwidth splat
0: out into a vibe. Yeah, but you're going you're going very short distance. True. Um, it's it's sixty gigahertz wireless.
3: So that'd according be to their cake. website,
0: okay. And that that yeah, is that's very be similar if you,
3: you know, if you were into home theater projection, the projectors that come with wireless yeah. from the base station yep. to the projector for HDMI use a very similar technology. It's basically line of sight though. You can't go from room to room. It doesn't
0: handle even people walking in the way. Yeah. Yeah. At 60, 60 gigahertz. It'll bounce off of like anything. Yeah.
3: So I can, be I can see an this issue being a bit problematic. If you've problematic got your controller up above you, you're moving around with your headset on and somebody walks by or something gets in, between you and the PC, and you might lose your connection.
0: You throw up. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's more or less.
0: I would imagine that the if it's doing that amount of throughput, there shouldn't really be latency on the video feed side, like because it's not it's not going to buffer frames. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. If you're going over a gig, like it's, as long yeah. as it's not compressing, if it's just going straight through, which it probably is, just raw stream. Oh, I hope so. If it's over sixty gig. If you're not doing any of that compression or any of that other stuff to the stream, there should not be any added latency other than but just speed just of light. Like, the wireless itself, isn't there going to be a certain
3: amount of latency, however small, just to reassemble the packets, like yeah. to actually put them in the correct order?
0: Yeah, but you have to realize that with that much throughput, like, the, the packet size is only going to be so big. So the packet would have to be like, if you could fit multiple frames in a packet, then you would start noticing you know, that there was a, an issue. There's going to be probably hundreds of packets per frame here. So you see what I mean? Like, it's not like you're waiting for the packet to be done um, to, in order to have the whole frame, right? Like, even if there was one, it would be just be like a fraction of a, you know, like a hundredth of a second worth or something uh, if you were just waiting for the rest of the the data to be transferred for whatever that packet was that had the end of the frame in it. But unfortunately, um, that translates into more buckets needed.
1: Uh, yeah. If if it doesn't work perfectly, that's the danger with the VR. isn't Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the thing. But again, it's just annoying tearing. It's, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, if you're doing really short distance, it's not like your distance is that much of a demand here. You have to be within the range of the of the beacons, uh, right? In order for for it to work, you have to be like room scale within your room. Obviously, not okay. like trying to walk around your house doing AR with a Vive on or something. Um. You know, so it should be able to do it. I mean, literally, if the antenna is, like, line of sight from you, just sitting right there at your PC, um should be okay. I would hope. Uh Yeah, so I guess the only... The proof will be in the pudding. is one of those things you just have to try. I will say that if there is any lag at all um on a VR headset, you're going to know instantly. So, it's going to be well, pretty... Well, it's going to uh... be pretty freaking obvious. <laughs> We'll
1: have to <laughs> invent the, the people benchmark all over your rug. putting in
0: or putting out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did they say the battery life? Like two uh, hours Ninety, 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. For the built-in one, and you can buy uh, like essentially a pocket battery with a lead going up to it that'll give it longer length. They didn't state at least that I So doing
0: the virtual
2: that. cinema of the extended version of Lord of the Rings is just going
0: to be kind of painful. Mm. Yeah. Are they a you need s- a yeah. intermission for a battery change-out. Yeah, you need some longer intermissions. Are they
4: sourcing the batteries from the same place as Samsung? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: exploding,
1: <laughs>
3: exploding, exploding yeah. headsets. Yeah. They got a great deal on some big batteries. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, strap
0: yeah. it to your head and we'll be fine. There's just a bunch of there was a bunch of excess left over from from something, you know. Fire yeah, some of them are kind of like deformed, but
3: they fit in <laughs> the casing just fine. <laughs> Fire sale.
0: Well, you know, literally. All right, cool. Well, uh, you know we look look forward to trying that thing and out. Maybe if we can Ryan ever,
4: can get his hands on one. Yeah,
0: if we can ever get one. Yeah, I mean, I'm tired of standing on the cord for my vibe. Yeah. Well, no, he is going to head blah. over that way sooner or later. <laughs> Listen, th- this is this is kind of annoying because like you know you got this thing on your NVR, you're not paying attention to your actual surroundings at all, right? And then you go to like take a step backwards, and if the cord which runs down the back of your head, it was like on the floor there, you stand on it, and then it's the perfect lever to make you to snap your head completely back, like like you're looking up because the
2: submarine or you should expect that.
0: Yeah, all the all the time. Yeah, I'm so Why used to it. Why are you wearing it. a backpack PC, Alan? Come on. Yeah, it's it's almost as if I was wearing a backpack PC. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh Serious MVR The Last Hope is the name of the game. Uh and it supposedly scales with multi GPU. I know Ryan was uh toying around with this uh last week uh i did he put the video in here yeah he did he yep. had a video serious it, sam last hope have somewhere in protected
2: there. content in it
0: uh well it, it would be our own copyright um, i guess because so then yes it does um so a single 480 frame times versus dual 480s and obviously there is a difference there so there you go vr a vr game using dual gpus that's a good deal um, and
1: from when he's saying, no blue screens or anything on the M- AMD card, which is a damn good thing. Uh,
0: also good, also good to not have blue screens. You know, hopefully, hey, YouTube is saying that we're alive.
4: I don't believe it.
0: Nah. I don't want to. I don't want to click that while I get caught down like a repeating video loop rabbit hole. Um, Ryan was uh, pretty impressed with the game. Actually, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I was working on a review, so I didn't like get to sit around and play around with it all. But he got some time on there, and uh, he was definitely, you know, doing the minority report thing in the room here for a little while. We do need to hopefully get the VR testing area set up properly soon here, but uh, that's on the other side of the room where we have been putting all of our boxes. So that would make. VR, VR and, obstacle room, yeah, that would make VR into much more of an AR. Like, we should just design a VR game that's uh meant to like show you all the crap there so that you have to actually walk around the crap.
4: I don't think, yeah, you need put, a like broken glass and spikes. Oh. And you oh, mean, yeah.
0: I, you mean we could just do that Racers. like without the VR helmet and just yeah. and yeah, turn on called... the
4: pass through camera and the VR helmet? Oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, pass through camera. You get the wireless
4: thing first, and you uh, yes. a three. Second latency,
2: yeah,
0: and see how you do. Okay, so well then we'll puke. Right. Then we'll puke on all the crap in the room. Um. Oh no, just a study three second latency.
2: Yeah, you can so you that can you're adjust. three
1: seconds behind where you think you are. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. okay.
0: All this hard difficulty. Valve says VR is soon coming to Linux. No way. Well, as long as you're using the OpenGL, or, yeah, OpenGL or Vulkan. I mean, you know, they're already doing the whole Steam VR thing, and they already have the like Linux builds of Steam. So, you know, so I
2: guess that Ven needs to buy some equipment. Yeah, test yep. it out, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only and the only thing left is just you know, it's just software at that point, and hoping that he's got to
2: trade it in his Pantera though to get the money in mm. VR. Oh.
1: Poor Ben, Hmm. he he shouldn't give that up. But yeah, so if you can find a game that supports Vulcan, you're gonna be able to play VR at some point in the fairly near future. Yeah, hopefully not Valve time. Fairly near
0: future. What I hope to see, like sooner than later, is the dang Doom VR that we saw at QuakeCon.
4: Uh, Oh yeah,
0: because that was really cool. Yeah, you know they basically like uh, the movement thing was sort of the thing where you, you do a hop, like a, you hit a button on the controller and it draws a little arc to where you're going to jump to. That's how you moved. Um, you know, because trying to use WASD while you're in a VR and shooting stuff in room scale, that kind of doesn't work. And if you have a joystick and your thumb is telling you to start sliding in a particular direction while you're looking in another direction, that's like a sure way to get seasick or whatever you want to call it. Nauseous. No, so um, their metric was, or their 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 movement style thing which was pretty cool was like uh, when you go to change weapons in Doom how it slows down time in the game to like almost a crawl like everything the game fades out in the background and you get your little weapon choice circle thing for you to choose your weapon and then you go back to the action well it did that same exact thing except while you were trying to point to the place to where you were going to jump next so it basically bullet time slowed down slows down the game intermittently as you're doing the jump to the next place which looked very natural, like, and the people that were trying it out there, they seemed to almost instantly get it. Like, even some of the people that were, like, trying it out, like, you could tell they haven't even used VR, period. And they were still just jumping right in and playing the game and, and like, kicking butt. So, um, definitely it was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah. Here's hoping that uh, that we get uh, Valve Open VR on Linux. Cool. The Linux guys are like having some more gaming stuff on the Linux. Oh, the list keeps growing. Yep. Uh, GeForce 375.86 drivers came out. Um, I guess there was a different low memory clock. Oh, low memory clocks issue. That's not the same yep. as that power issue. That. Nope. This okay. is a new one. Um, they found a cause. They're working on a fix. Uh, so, did this driver fix? that issue or no yeah kind of kind of but maybe maybe it's game readier than the last one they put oh game readier i get it that
1: says but they should start using that phrase but then they figured it out it's factory overclock cards but the thing is it 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 puts your memory back to 810 megahertz oh so it's noticeable
0: so it's a workaround but they figured
1: out what the problem is they're going to be releasing another one very soon this does help with a couple of the flickering that they were having, and some really funkin' behavior with uh, folding at home. I think it was okay. Cool. So yeah, don't upgrade yet, but soon.
0: Uh, all right, sweet. Um, I guess that's it uh-huh. for the news. So uh, let's get into the hardware, software picks of the week. Which, soon as let's open, we did, soon as I say we did, as soon as I open, actually uh, not. You no, know, you don't want to. Okay, fine. Well, I got I got Spake open some
2: picks, man. I got Spake open like the links. Quinn.
0: Um, Sebastian has a pick. No. But does
3: Alan have a pick? Uh, I do. It's just oh. not in the notes. Yes, cheater pick.
1: Alan's got something. No, he I'm, reviewed, not, I'm not not gonna
0: but... do the. I'm not gonna do the the cheater pick. Um, you can
1: pick your friends. Uh, you can pick your nose. Yeah. And did you guys
3: see but the you news today down, that the you can pick your friend's nose. creator <laughs> of No Man's Sky has left and is now working on Star Citizen.
1: <laughs> he's found somewhere even more messed up to end I'm up. I'm not okay. sure he could have written that headline.
4: Which, any
0: which guy which guy is it? Which guy Do was Do you remember
3: it? it was a couple of weeks ago, I think, where the creator of No Man's Sky, and I can't remember his name right now. The mysteriously oh, yeah. like tweeted out some very morbid sounding thing about the game being a failure and not what it, he wanted it to be. Yeah, and then yeah. that was taken down and then there were some emails sent out to press from the official email account that the company denied legitimacy of. And now here we are today finding out oh the guy actually left yeah, the company. he said his account
4: was hacked. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I believe that anymore. Well,
0: well I mean I think he was know. very
4: dissatisfied and left and then I think he might have been dissatisfied and inebriated one night. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, wasn't there but that he, thing he recently? He managed to uh, find a game that's been hyped, even more hyped than there, No Man's Sky has. Well, there was something recently about the No Man's Sky, like, super limited edition box set thing with the ship prop that came out Yeah, it, that like, ain't shipped yet. Still hasn't shipped yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the ship ain't shipped yet.
0: Uh, 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 yeah. So even that hasn't made it yet. Like, mm. I guess they couldn't figure oh, out. Oh, Sony. You no. Know, but
3: guys, Star Citizen, it's gonna happen now. I mean they've no, they, that's guys, gonna be so fifty
4: billion dollars awesome. in crowdfunding.
3: It's like I, when you have a favorite team, like a football team, and they just need that, that that dynamic quarterback and you know they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. And that's what they've done. Like they Star Citizen is like,
0: the Star the Star Citizen like at least those guys continue to show demos and the demos are improving every time they show a new thing yeah. and like the last one that i saw that was like you know almost an hour long or something it was really impressive
3: yeah it's super it was release it's just
0: like a game of that
3: scope like yeah. how long how much money would it take and how
0: relevant will it even be by the time it comes oh, out don't worry. people
4: people give it keep giving them money
0: <laughs> well yeah because like it just the sheer scale of the thing like how it's able to scale from like macro to micro no Man's Sky does it by you know, obvious like tricks and cheats and stuff to go from like the space to the planet and the whatever. There's an obvious transition. Star Citizen stuff, it's just like continuous. <laughs> it's just like the same world is just the whole universe, basically, as far as I that think game goes. What
3: happened was they started they're like, We're gonna we're gonna make the entire universe in this game. And then they're like, Wow, this universe it keeps on going and going. We gotta keep making more of it. Yeah, eventually they're gonna have to accept
4: it's infinite
3: and it will never come out. God.
4: The Star Citizen crowdfunding is up to 130 million dollars. Sweet, <laughs> God! I think the
0: game should just be free, but that much funding.
1: Oh no, yeah. no! They're they're gonna
3: start. Oh, they're gonna more they're gonna also make their to money try and get some more money. Yeah, that's true
0: because they're doing the whole microtransaction like you oh, gotta oh, buy oh, your you ship to start
3: with a fancy ships ship. And,
0: yeah. <sighs> I think they're selling insurance now too. Hmm. I don't know. All right, uh, who's first on the on the pick things?
1: Jeremy. Oh, I got a wee bit of evil that somebody came up with. Uh, what is that? Poison it's tap? a little Pi Zero, and if you plug this this nasty little piece of work into a USB port on even a sleeping computer, uh, it immediately fires up a DHCP request or DHCP request. And this little device says, oh, yeah, the entire IPv4 is through me. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. (laughs) And now quite happily monitors every bloody thing you've got going, even in the sleeping computer, if you've got a browser session open. And even classier will happily dump a cookie, which is able to fire up a JavaScript onto it. So even when the guy plugs it in, counts to 10 and walks away. He still frickin' owns you unless all you use is HTTPS and uh, sign cookies. That's pretty sweet. It's pretty damn nasty. Uh, it's called Poison Tap, uh, and as with any of these sort of projects, the, the source code is up there. It, it's actually just a little tiny bash script. It's disgustingly easy to pull off. Wow. This
2: is Poison Tap. What? Yep, that's, that's what I was just this thinking. This is Poison
1: Tap. It goes yeah. to 11. Yep. so yeah put some glue in your ports box up that u s b if you really want something to be secure and don't let anyone near it yep and hey, if you want to learn how to code, this is a fun
0: way to do it all right cool uh next Man. josh hey that's a pretty uh, you know uh... the
2: uh g t x ten seventies have taken a price drop you can get' them for as low as about three seventy nine plus some Add-in rebates, but they're mail-in stuff. So I really like the cooling on the Zotac cards. And for 389 it's a nice, nice card. I mean, you could probably overclock it. It's got all the regular ports. Three big fans that are quiet. I would certainly look at this. Plus, you get Gears of War 4 for free. Sweet. Sweet. 389. It's nice to get them down from the 450 in just a couple months ago. Isn't
4: 389 the MSRP of a 1070? What they announced? Well, I think supposedly, and it's finally hit that,
0: right? <laughs> Amazing! Amazing! All right, cool. Uh, next up is uh, Moa. I will have to show you the picture that I took with this method next week, but I was taking supermoon pictures and. Uh, come to find out, you can effectively increase the resolution of your camera, even shooting handheld, like at maximum zoom of something like the moon. And then if you do a couple of tricks with Photoshop, you can basically take all the pictures you shot in a burst and merge them all together and align them all and multiply the resolution and actually get more detail out of the shot. Because you're basically taking advantage of whatever would normally be lost to aliasing in the resolution of a single shot. But if you take, say, a few dozen shots and you kind of put them all together, you can kind of average that stuff out. And it's sort of like super sampling. Yeah, it's totally super sampling. Yeah, Yeah. but it's it's applied to photography and actually taking, you know, the multiple pictures Um, and coming up with some, you know, some interesting... uh, Results that actually have a uh, higher effective resolution out of, you know, pretty much like a regular, uh, like, here, actually, here's some examples. And this is pretty close to what I was seeing, too. Like, you just get more detail in very uh, small crops of uh, of the photos. And uh, the moiré just kind of goes away. And so does the noise because it all gets averaged out because you're, again, you know, merging together multiple pictures. So that's almost like, you know, the whole enhance thing out of like the, uh, the, the crime. Magnify. Yeah. Yeah. Enhance. Enhance, enhance. enhance you know, and then they can read the license plate. Well, in that case, it actually worked. So <laughs> that's interesting.
1: Yeah. little did we know? But
4: can
0: was... you get the
1: reflection off of the, uh, registration sticker to be able to look back to the mirror? <laughs> no, no, you can't, the you can't so double, you, can see the guy.
0: you can't double enhance across the sunglasses and the drop of ah, water across the Ellen. street.
3: It, with deep learning, anything is possible.
0: Uh, that's true. That's true.
3: Apply deep learning to this, and you can actually look at things that were just uh, in shadow in the original picture. and Just turn the camera and walk down the street.
1: That's yeah, right. indeed. Yeah. You can see up to 15 seconds back in the past. <laughs>
0: anyway, pretty cool stuff. Um, might be worth uh, checking that article out in case, you're, uh, in case you still want to catch the supermoon Actually, my recommendation to you now is before you read the article, the moon's out. go out and take a burst of pictures at the moon at like f eight and like your maximum zoom on whatever you got, and then see what you can do with this with Photoshop.
2: Okay, well, you know I was I'll listening be able to, to see that, a lot of raindrops. and it sounded kind of strange
0: what burst shots zoom take oh, a bunch of pictures of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just take a bunch of pictures of the moon. Shoot the moon. And then later, you can try to get some more resolution out of them. You sure can. All right. Uh, Sebastian.
3: Okay. Looking for something uh, on Amazon, and they're doing their, like, week of Black Friday deals. Right now, the the best value in cooling forever has been the Hyper 212 Evo. Massively popular number one cooler on Amazon for as long as I've been working here. And right now it's thirty two percent off on Amazon, so twenty three seventy five with free Prime shipping. At that price, I mean the retail on this thing is thirty five bucks, but it's usually closer to thirty. At under twenty five, it is just a steal, considering what kind of performance you get out of it and how quiet it is. It gets a little bit up there if you're pushing it, if you're going up to the max uh, RPMs on the fan. But for for regular use at idle and load, it is. Virtually silent, and it will keep any processor, even up to my six-core, twelve-thread processor, plenty cool. So it's a no-brainer at twenty-three seventy-five. Buy one and put it on the shelf. You might need it one day. Yeah, exactly. Have have one or two. Next time you do a computer build, you know I just want to go with air this time. Boom.
0: It I'm looks a, clean
3: inside the case. If you have if you have the clearance for it, it's not the tallest cooler in the world. It's certainly below like 165 millimeters. So almost any
0: mid-tower case or above is going gonna, is gonna to fit just fine. So there's one, there's a Hyper 212, and then there's a Hyper T4 for like a dollar more. What's the difference? Hmm. You see that guy? Hyper T4 CPU core, four heat pipes. It looks there's, very similar. There's one that's smaller. Um, it's like a shorter one, huh? Which one are you looking at here? Uh, it's, How many heat pipes does it have? It's four, four direct contact heat pipes. Hmm, I don't know.
3: The yep. page that I linked to it only shows me like two, three, five, six, and eight heat pipe options in addition to this one. Yeah, but this there, one is a newer revision of it. That may be what it is. Like the two twelve Evo is the slightly older one that I have. Huh. Well,
0: and you still, can get the two engine block ones. Well, that's that's also on sale, though. That other one is also on sale, and it's only a dollar more. So, oh, nice. I would, yeah, I if would it's better, in, it's
3: a dollar more, then why not?
0: I can't tell if it's better, worse, newer, or older from this thing. But, uh, yeah, I would look at the 212U or the Hyper T4.
4: Apparently the T4 is a little lower performance, according to people in the chat.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, in that case, I will order a pair of Sebastian's Pick. Like, and you know what? Mm, dude, right you now, could put
3: them on a GPU. Do anything with them.
0: I don't know about, about it. I don't know about a GPU or the, your ice cube cooling or anything, but uh, you know, uh, actually, the mount for these is really flexible because it's like a an
3: X shaped thing. You can just like uh, manipulate into different widths, and that's how it fits any socket from 2011 to uh, all the AMDs. So you could probably put this on a GPU if you really wanted to.
0: Yeah cool 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 buy it now amazon's dangerous oh they updated the app now you swipe to place your order why (laughs) like like, uh (laughs) hunting pokemon you swipe up like there's literally a swipe it's like like i'm like i'm placing my order swipe
1: oh i sense a new uh copyright coming up here
0: if you stop halfway does it only order one of the two thank you your order has been placed I don't if know. You swipe with two fingers is a double your order. Nah, uh, I don't know that either. Hmm. What happens if you swipe with your middle finger?
3: What uh. happens if you wipe it across your face? I'm glad you went there. Thanks. Hey, before we go, Josh, are you doing a meetup?
2: Yeah. Oddly enough, uh if if you're in the Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, maybe New Mexico, or if area. you just want to fly in. Florida, or if you're on LemonParty.org No, let's not go there uh, If if you want to join us And Fort Collins On Sunday, this coming Sunday At 2 o'clock At Cooper Smith's Brew Pub We're going to be hanging out there At least myself, some other guys uh, If if you're wanting to join up And uh, talk tech And hang out And have a beer and some good food And just, you know Enjoy yourself, then uh join us. Coopersmiths, Fort Collins, Colorado, two o'clock in the
3: afternoon, mountain time. Join us. Cool. Two yeah. to question mark.
0: All right. So I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh don't forget pcpre.com slash podcast. And uh That's how you found us. That's how you got here. Hopefully.
3: iTunes.com dot com
0: slash pc uh, uh, per is that a thing no no <laughs> no that's not a thing don't go there we don't know where that goes um yeah uh all right well with that uh i'm alan malentano i'm jeremy Helstrom i'm josh Walrath. And i'm sebastian peak thanks for listening see you next week
1: if you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com pcper.